Jiu-jitsu is super hard. Jiu-jitsu is super hard. Jiu-jitsu is super, super hard. Fuck! Jiu-jitsu is a fucking hard. I think it's really, really, really difficult. Yes, it's super, super, super hard. And I don't know why I still do it sometimes, just like the piano. What's up, my friends? Katie here. Clearly, it's my podcast. Anyway, (laughs) clearly it's a Monday over here. I was thinking about this podcast and how I was going to do it today because we just had a tournament this weekend, so I like to do results and everything afterwards. And I was just thinking about Bill Burr and his podcast and uh, the things that he talks about and complains about. It's really funny because... As soon as I started thinking about all the things I wanted to talk about for this podcast, all I could think about was all the complaints of everything I could possibly think about because I'm slightly, um, I would say slightly a person that is geared towards (laughs) negative thinking. Those of you who know me are, I'm sure, completely shocked by such an admission. But despite the Monday trash blues... Uh, that we all get, especially after post-tournament, getting our asses kicked or whatever. There's a lot of good things to talk about. And that's what I'm here for first. So first, what I want to talk about today is our sweet results from the weekend. So our we took our team up to Grappling Industries. We were up in Portland this weekend. And we had four students competing. We had one uh, teen, or sorry, we had one youth student two teens and an adult student competing. So it was pretty awesome. So first up, we have Max. Max went in and he's actually our our little friend from the podcast episode I did on him. And it's really fun because I got to see him go live again competing. And I tell you what, something lit a fire underneath of Max's behind because he got in there and he just took them down past their guard, got to mount and and just went for it. And I was really proud of him for everything that I saw. It was sheer determination to get there and hold the kids down and do all that stuff. And, and I know that for Max, that's difficult. Max is a really kind person and he has the demeanor of being a leader like he he just is kind of a leader in class and I know he probably doesn't love squishing his teammates and stuff because he wants other people to be comfortable but it was very apparent that he knows in a competitive setting that that just doesn't make any sense anymore you know if he if he wants to stay on top he wants to win and do all that stuff being on the top and getting in that dominant pressure is going to be where it's at so Max won his division first place that's a and it was like over a hundred percent improvement from the previous tournament and that's the cool thing about starting when you're really young and getting into jujitsu is having the that plasticity like 
easy plasticity. You know, all of us have brain plasticity, which is just like a thing which says we can always rewire our brains. And in youth students, it just happens so much faster. So it was really incredible to watch. So good job to Max. Congrats on that gold. You know, here's to many more. I can't wait to see you do it again. Then our next student was one of our teens, Henry. Henry, it was his first tournament. He has been coming in, doing really, really well at the gym. He started coming to adults class as well because, you know, I, I think I come up to his shoulder. He's like 16. <laughs> and I, yeah, I come up to his shoulder. And he has just a sick armbar game. And, I, you know, I watch him armbar his little brother about 500 times <laughs> during practices. Uh, so Peter's good, a good sport helping his brother out. But Henry went out there against someone who clearly has competed before, been doing jiu-jitsu longer, more seasoned competitor. So, you know, that's, that's the match you want, though, right? You want a match that's going to be difficult, that's going to challenge you. And Henry definitely got that. But he went out there and he did his best. He listened when I was coaching and definitely had to fight that that side control he was in. It was just like murderous side control, man. That pressure and side control that the, the other kid had him, had him on was, uh, it was pretty intense. But, you know, Henry fought the entire time. He kept trying to shrimp out, kept trying to turn in, kept trying to get his frames. And then, you know, after that first one is over, your very first round is always the hardest. Like your very first jujitsu round will always be the hardest one. So now that he like knew what to expect, you know, he was going to have to go back in and fight the same kid again because there's only two people in the division. So that means he was going to do best two out of three. So, you know, he pulled it together, went back out there and we, you know, talked about the game plan, making sure that we have good guard pulls and all that kind of stuff in he went out, did a better job the second time, over 100% improvement from first match to second match, and I'm a super proud coach. He went out there, he got sub, but you know what? I literally was in the same exact position later in the day. So he did a really good job being focused in the match and kind of like knowing what his job was, and I was really proud. He's a very good sport, and I know that this is just the beginning and what I was telling him and, and the other student, Rain, that I'm going to talk about in a second is that these first matches and figuring out this jujitsu, it's like it's like you all of a sudden do six months of jujitsu in about five minutes is what it feels like. Because progress in jujitsu class can feel kind of slow, I think. But in a tournament setting, it all of a sudden is just like opens it up with like, how big is this thing that I'm doing? So I was really, really proud of the way that all of them were in that way. So it'll be even better the next one. So our next competitor, Rain, it was their very first tournament as well. They came all the way up ready to go. And I, to be completely honest, Professor David was, was a little bit concerned about Rain because he wasn't sure if they had really done enough you know work and if rain listens to this that's that's cool because the thing is is like got to be honest with your students right so one of the things we talked about is we weren't really sure based on the seriousness of rain if if they were going to enjoy the tournament experience because they kind of goof off a lot 
which like you want to have fun in jujitsu class. So it's like, I'm super happy. We have friends want to do all those things. Right. But we got to be serious. But the thing is, is I still felt really confident about rain going in there to do it because I know what spirit is in that person, like inside of them. And so I was really excited to see what would happen. And, and rain went out there and dude, this girl, oh my gosh. So this person that she had to, or that had to go against, like just did the thing where they did obviously didn't know how to pass guard. You know what I mean? So they put the, the hand, like the arm across the throat when they're inside of your guard and they just start like pressing on your throat it was really frustrating and that was a frustrating thing to have to deal with and it's hard as the coach you know and i wasn't being coach at the moment professor david was in coach's chair and i was trying to keep my mouth shut uh i'm sure you all started laughing at that we know i can't keep my mouth shut so i kept saying things and then i had to <laughs> had to like pull myself back and be like okay i'm, I'm not coach but you know, trying to coach Rain through that of being like, look, like, you just got to, like, deal with it. Got to get that arm off. You, like, can't get stacked, all that, whatever, you know. So it was a little traumatic. Um, after the match was over, Rain was pretty shaken by the experience. It's your, I mean, the thing is, is it's your first tournament and you just have someone laying on top of you that's just, like, putting their arm across your throat and it doesn't feel like jujitsu. You know, to me, it's like, dang, like that feels unfair, right? But life is not fair. Jiu-jitsu is not fair. It's not about fairness necessarily. It's about what what do you do when you are faced with adversity? So Rain pulls himself together. After the match is over, we we did our breaths. You know, I, I think I talked about when, when Wyatt was competing in the last tournament, we did some breathing to kind of get ourselves going, you know. And so Rain and I did some breathing and brought them back into the space of like, okay, you know, do we feel good enough to compete? Are we ready to go again? Because I would never make a competitor go back out and do something if they felt injured or weren't having fun. Partially because I don't think you should push negative experience, but also because the rate of injury, I think, is much higher in a frustrated, upset competitor and I would rather my competitors live to see uh, another day of competing in the future and being able to just go back to class I don't want them injured so you know I said rain you know you don't you don't have to do it but you know this is what we came here for these people are here to murder us like that's really really what we're simulating here so like that's the experience that you're going to get. And you have two options. You can choose to move forward and face your fears, which is cool. Or we can take a break knowing that this isn't the space for us right now. But Rain was very determined and was like, nah, I'm going right back out. So, so I was like, all right, let's go then. And so we pumped ourselves back up, got ready to go. And then Rain went out and had a fantastic two other matches did way better than the first match. And that was really, really exciting. Watching Rain go out there and do a lot of really great things it helped give us a lot of material to be able to put together like, okay, what is the next thing that we're gonna work on now? And just like I was also telling Henry, my other teen, you know, this is all just feedback. These are all just observations. 
what we're doing here is trying to find out what are the holes in the jiu-jitsu game and then how do we fill those holes so that we can come back better and I know it's hard to separate positive and negative thought when we're looking at match video and all of those things but I think it's really important to be neutral about our observations about the match. Now I know I'm saying that and I know it's hard for me to even do it, but that's something that I'm working on and and I think it's really helpful for jujitsu players overall if we start looking at things as observations, right? So our last competitor, our adult competitor was our very, very brave Maria, who had a bracket full of tough individuals. So Maria went out there and she, I know she was probably up all night and up all in the morning because her daughter wasn't feeling well the day of the event. And so, you know, when your mom, it's, it's really hard to focus on your own jujitsu and then also take care of your kiddo. So big kudos to Maria because she could have just been like, I'm tired, you know, had stuff going on, whatever. But no, she she showed up. She got ready to go out there and she put on a great match. And I didn't see the very beginning of the very first match that she had. I actually started, I was like kind of meditating because I try to keep calm at tournaments. It's kind of hard. But I... (laughs) I felt a disturbance in the force and was like, I need to look to see what's going on. And so I popped my head up and she had just barely started her match. And she did a really great job, you know, working on keeping her guard, which is hard in itself, right? And then, you know, she had to go back out there again and again and again. And, you know, she said she was feeling a little bit gassed, which is normal um, and feeling weak and all this other stuff. But, you know, we had to talk about even when we feel weak or we feel these other things we have to turn it around to say okay like I'm not a weak person I'm just feeling excuse me I'm just feeling this way right now but I'm gonna get better and so she did that every single time went out was saying you know to herself like I'm gonna do it like I can do it even after watching the other tough ladies in the division and seeing how dominant they were and you know you're you're kind of scared of like well what am I gonna have to go through it was scary but you know she went through she did it all came home with a medal and I'm super proud of Maria it was a big improvement from the last tournament and there's gonna be more now which is super exciting so I just really want to give that shout out to my team Max, Henry, Rain, and Maria, all four of them put themselves on the line and were super brave and courageous. And to me, that's really, really important. The most important thing about these competitive experiences is going out and doing our best and showcasing our jujitsu and learning what can we do next to be better. And every single one of them did that. So super excited. Okay, now... Next thing I want to talk about, I wrote myself a little list here because I I started thinking about what I was going to say this morning. So first thing I want to talk about was the pre-tournament prep I did this time. My last tournament, I made a big mistake. I was, I do this thing sometimes where day before 
I'm supposed to leave or actually more like day of the day I'm supposed to leave for a tournament. Suddenly I'm like, oh, I have a tournament. Maybe I should get my shit together. Uh, And I think that has led to a lot of really bad planning on the back end. And so I was late to my tournament last time a little bit. I didn't get the warm up in that I wanted. I felt terrible going into it. I didn't have my food ready. I didn't, you know, all those different things. David and I weren't on the same page about my coaching, all this other stuff, right? And I also was just like, wasn't feeling good in general. I was still kind of, I don't know, maybe a couple pounds heavier. It's just not fitting well into my gi and stuff. And you know, when you don't fit in your gi very well and you have to do stuff, it just doesn't feel good. So it's kind of like that. So this time, you know, I, I am glad that I'd, I talked with my, like I have coaches now, right? So, you know, Dave is my coach, Heather's my coach, Henry's my coach. I've got three different coaches pretty much and all of them help me. And so, you know, Heather Woods really does the, a lot of the technique work of like, what are the things that I need to be doing in these matches? All those things. David shows up. He's there to help guide me through the matches, what the time is, points, all those, those other things. And Henry is like, his job is to also help me keep like accountable to the things that I'm supposed to do as an athlete. So it was, it, it's a hard thing to do is to like confront someone and tell them the things that they need to do, especially like when you have to tell me what to do. Because if you know me, you know that telling me what to do just like doesn't really work. But when you ask people to do that thing for you, you need to listen to them, right? So, you know, Henry is like, okay, is your food ready? Is all the whatever? And I was like, no. He's like, it's Thursday. And I was like, okay, I didn't get my shit together. So Thursday, I like made sure I got like actually packed my gear this time. Because what happens when I try to do anything day before a competition, my brain is blank. And I I like I can't think like at all it, it like I can't make simple decisions like David will ask me a question like do I want salt like on my food or something and I'm like I have no idea I don't know how to make that decision like that's the level of like inability to function that I end up in so to head that off I did the things on Thursday that I'm supposed to do and got everything ready and then I made sure that like I booked a spot where I would be close enough to the venue that like if I had to cut weight in the morning, I could do that and, you know, make sure I had a tub, make sure that we have like a fridge, a microwave, like all that different kind of things that like make me comfortable. So when I go to a tournament, I like make sure I bring my own like water boiler and coffee making supplies and all those things because I do not want to have a bad like competition morning and I get up at the same time I always do regardless and I do my meditations like I always do and I I did all of those things to get myself ready and with that part taken care of it made the rest of the experience so much better so making sure that you're planning well in advance of the day when you're supposed to be competing especially if you're like me and get like competition brain where everything just goes away I think it's really important for you to set yourself like make a list, have someone that's accountable, like to help you find a friend, family member, teammate, whoever, just like somebody and be like, Hey, these are the things that I'm going to need to do. And I need help being accountable with those things. Can you do those? I am a hundred percent sure that there is somebody in your world that will help you do those things. And it's so worth it. So 
pre-tournament, I did that. And I also, what was really great about this tournament too, is I felt better about my technique overall going in because I did a lot more drilling. Uh, Heather has me on a drilling schedule and that's been really phenomenal. And I also did way more positional sparring in advance of this tournament too. And that helped me so that I did not have like this mid-match dump. I think I was talking about it before where I get into a mid-match space and I think like, I don't want to be here sometimes or like this sucks is miserable I don't want to be here all these other things but that didn't happen in this match set and I don't I don't know exactly what made it not happen but my guess is that all the positional sparring that I did from bottom mount bottom side control helped me feel much more comfortable in those positions that I could get out instead of feeling defeated and I also think that like not thinking about how bad it is and instead of thinking, okay, I accept that I'm here, what's next? That was an easier thought to have. So being in a bottom position that sucks really wasn't as bad because I practiced all those things ahead of time. So having more of a game plan I felt like was really helpful and you would think that I would already have my own game plan, right? But for some reason, I just am not, I'm not that great at my own game plan. I can give other people game plans and I can write people all these different things and tell them what I think is best for them and whatnot. But when it comes to myself, I have to have like that outside person to tell me what is next. You know, you kind of get to a certain level in jujitsu where it's like, you know, if I want to go to the next level, I need to hire some people. (laughs) Like I need to do something about this. If I do the same thing that I have always done, and get the same results, but expect something else that's straight up insanity, right? Like that's the quote, like doing something over and over again and expecting a different result. That's wild, that does not make sense. So this time going into it, I really felt like, okay, you know, I can live with this outcome, whatever the outcome is, because I already know that I put in the work. And part of my pre-tournament prep and, and I guess like right before I compete prep when I'm inside of the, the venue is like right before it's time to compete, like about an hour ahead of time is what I'm supposed to do is like find a spot, like lay down and do some meditations and like quiet everything down. That's what I really like to do. And honestly, I actually listened to these. I listened to two different speeches by LeBron James um, that I really appreciate. And one of them is a, what is called a champion's mindset. And the other one is um, a comp prep uh, listen. And the whole listen is about 15 minutes. And I've listened to it before every tournament, I think for the last year. And it just, it just continues to fire me up in a, in a way that feels good. Not like I'm getting like pumped, like, where I'm feeling like super adrenaline, it's more like I'm ready. Like I know I'm ready to go. And, and the words in it are really inspiring to me and really helpful. What I think is funny is, is I always thought basketball was kind of stupid. Um, <laughs> it, like uh, I think my joke is that like all, all basketball players must have gotten a degree in theater for the, cause I always think that they're super dramatic, but anyway. That's besides the point. I just wanted to get, just say, I just wanted to talk shit, okay? I just wanted to talk some shit. Anyway, so I listened to that. I really love it. 
And so I do that and then and then I'm ready to go. And then it was it was fight time. And so this tournament, I went in knowing that knowing English so difficult today. Um I went into this tournament knowing that I was going to have one competitor in nogi and usually I stack myself in the day to have maybe three or four different matches throughout the day and so I'll, I'll like compete first thing in the morning and then I compete again in the evening um, and I'll do two separate divisions and lately I've also been doing different weight divisions and just finding like who will fight me that's pretty much what I've been doing so I can get matches um, but this time I actually had somebody, I had one person in my division who was in my age bracket and my weight, which hardly ever happens. So I was really excited that I only had one competitor because then I could focus only on one thing. I only had to focus one time and that felt really good. And I felt like I was able to perform better to my fullest self. Um, it was a, it was a hard go though. Like I, I was really... I knew it was going to be difficult. Um, her name is Elizabeth Phillips. I like I don't know her, um, but she is uh, like a pro MMA fighter, which is super cool. And I have been thinking about a foray into amateur MMA while I'm still on the <laughs> on the lower side of my thirties um, before life gets a little too crazy and my knees blow out on me already. So I'm like trying to think, you know, how long can I like drive this like meat vehicle on Tylenol and like icy hot and heating pads and CBD and all those things, you know, I'm just going to keep trying to run this thing into the ground as long as I can. And so I've been thinking of a lot about it. So I felt grateful in the sense that I knew that that match was going to be difficult and regardless of whatever rank she is I think she I think she's a purple belt or something like it's different it's just different like MMA is a whole different game when she came after me I was like oh yeah no I'd be dead right now like I think if she was punching me I, I would not be in a great space but I I tried my best in the match I did better in the close guard situation like with them in my close guard better than usual so I was happy about that but it was, became very apparent to me that my attacks from certain positions are uh, subpar and so there's going to be a lot of different things for me to drill I think drilling is going to be a really big part of my game going forward just because I think I don't you know I don't spend a lot of time on my own drilling and I should so like I have been obviously like Heather if you're listening I promise <laughs> I do my drilling like I'm supposed to um, but I wasn't drilling before when, before starting with Heather. So, um, and I should have been, but it's hard to be a teacher and then make your time for yourself and work a corp job. And then like, I have a host of like things that prevent me from training sometimes. And so it just, I just haven't been as focused, but you know, getting back focused to getting into drilling is going to be something that's going to be really helpful. Um, between matches, like I had this moment, I came off the mat and I, I was like, oh, I think I'm going to puke. Like it was like, I just did not feel good. I just was like, felt like I've been put through a blender. And it's so crazy because to me, when I'm in that state, I feel like everyone is looking at me and I know they're not, but I feel like everyone's looking like everyone must be thinking that 
Like, oh, she's not composed. How dare she not be a professional? And really all that comes down to is just me and, and my big perfectionist thing where I want to be perfect, you know, and all this whatever. But that's a fucking pipe dream, yo. And trying to live up to that on a regular basis is exhausting. It is so exhausting and I'm so tired of it. So I just felt so nuts about like not performing quite how I wanted to. Um, but you know, I like pumped myself back up, I got back out there ready to go. And then my second match came and I should have stuck with the game plan. I did not stick with my game plan. I decided to stand a little bit more. And as you may have seen on my Instagram feed is my low light of me getting like ran into like a fucking freight train. It was like, I couldn't even be mad. I couldn't even be mad. It's like a, a really pretty takedown. Um, and actually, I, I remember myself hitting the ground and just being like, Whoa! and then, you know, I went down kind of on my shoulder. So it was kind of bothering me a little bit. And then later, the same arm got like arm barred. So that match was rough. And I actually, I was super pissed. Um, so like, from my perspective, I'm trying to tap. So I'm like, under there, I'm, and I was still holding my hands together. And I didn't want to let go because... I didn't want my arm to break and I was like trying to do things it wasn't working so I'm like trying to say tap trying to say tap trying to say tap but like her legs are like over my face and like nobody can hear so I had to let go and then finally start like physically tapping and I was just like oh my god just stop fucking pulling on my arm Jesus Christ is anyone gonna save me and yeah so like I sat right up actually and that's the first thing I said was Jesus Christ and um, I felt so unprofessional. I just felt so unprofessional. But like, I was just pissed. I felt like I was fucked. Like, I felt like I was tapping forever and all those other things. Like, I was just like, why didn't anyone stop it? Like, why wasn't it being stopped is what I felt like, right? But that's just in the moment. The thing is, is at the end of the day, like you're always responsible for yourself. So like I probably should have thought about maybe tapping five seconds prior to the moment where I thought about tapping because that like when you're looking at a person that like does MMA, like that person's not going to stop until the referee does anything. So even though I'm like saying tap, saying tap, trying to like do whatever, they're not they're not going to stop. Like, that person won't stop. So, like, that's my fault. And I think what made me the most mad about the situation was how I reacted about it. Because, like, I basically, like, I still remember to, like, shake everyone's hand. And then I think she said something to me about, like, like, oh, you're good or something like that. I don't know what she said. I think the thing is, like, she was being super nice and professional and all these other things because she's like a seasoned fighter in that way and like I'm not so this is like my first go with someone kind of like th like that it felt like and I like shook everyone's hands and I just grabbed my shit and I stomped out of the fucking venue and threw my shit in the ground like on the ground in the hall I lost my contact somewhere along the way and I just was like kind of scream crying in the corner. Um, 
and that's just what it was. I just have a really emotional reaction to feeling embarrassed because that's what it is. And this was some something my strength and conditioning coach was saying to me. Henry was talking about like like naming emotions, like naming the thing, right? So like I could say I'm mad, but what am I actually? It's not that I was mad. It's that I felt embarrassed. It's that I feel shame that I put myself out there in front of all of these other people. And then, you know, we place so much importance on belts and all this whatever. And I have a stupid, I have a black belt. Let me correct myself. I was going to say I have a stupid black belt. But I have a black belt now. So that puts me in another category. And for me, it I feel a lot of shame and embarrassment about having a black belt when I don't feel like I can perform in a competitive setting like a black belt. But I know that I have the knowledge. Like, I know I'm a black belt. Like, I know that. I know so much about jiu-jitsu. I'm a really good teacher. And I can teach a ton of jiu-jitsu. I understand concepts. I understand things. Like, I can get people to perform. And I've studied jiu-jitsu constantly, but I don't have that same level of, like, I don't have, like, what I feel like is black belt execution yet. I just don't have it yet. But, like, I didn't get to choose. Like, I don't get to choose when I get promoted. Nobody gets to choose their promotions, right? Like, I never chose that, like, I was getting my black belt. Like, hell yeah, I'm super grateful for it. And I'm super grateful for everything I've done to get myself here. I think it's a great thing. Like, I don't think I'm not a black belt. But it's really, like... It's really something else when I know that I'm going out there and I might get embarrassed. Like, I might feel embarrassed because some chick is going to come out and kick my ass and then be like, like, say some shit. And so throwing myself in the corner of the gymnasium to scream cry for five, ten minutes is like all that I can do. It's all that I can manage. But, you know, after the whole thing was over, I will say that it was easier for me to recover emotionally from that experience than the other ones. Usually it takes me a really, really long time to like come back to the room, you know, like come back to like where is the space that I'm in and then recognize the things that I did do well and things that I am good at and like remembering that I have a team of people behind me. I have like people that think that I'm the fucking bee's knees like that's great to me like I know that I get to walk in my gym and like (laughs) like my students don't care like my students don't care if I won my students don't care if I lost all they care about is that I went there and I tried really really hard and then I came home and now we're gonna do more jujitsu and I'm not gonna give up because I refuse to give up because like my mom ain't raised no quitter I don't quit like for anything and like my the thing that I really realized about myself in this competitive context and it's been in the last couple months is that like the whole thing about me and and submitting me is like and I don't even care if everyone knows it but like you're gonna have to fucking kill me first before I give up like obviously I have to tap to the arm bar my arm will be broken right there are 
limits to this thing, but the thought actually is, when I go into the tournament, you will have to kill me to win. That's what you have to do. You can't just take it from me. You have to fight for it. And that mentality helped me a lot in this specific tournament. And I also was thinking to myself, you know, usually when I go out there, I'm pretty nice to my competitors. But this time, the direction was, is no, you're going out there and either they're going to kill you or you're going to kill them. Those are those are your options. So I, I was in a really bad position and, and the Elizabeth was doing a really good job of trying to get a choke um, and she was almost successful in kind of a it's kind of like a guillotine style choke from like a half guard situation can't remember the the whole thing but she got around my head and then she connected her hands for a hot minute and I remember seeing stars and like I was like wow is this the day that I go out on the mat in a tournament and I had my eyes closed for a long time underneath of there and I didn't really like remember what was going on but eventually she let go and I remember thinking like she will have to make me pass out before I literally get like do anything about this and I'm really glad that I kept that mentality because it, it helped me to stay really calm helped me to get my breath and by the time I was able to like survive the attempt it was like I felt like I like woke back up and then I was like I don't even know which way I'm actually facing on this mat right now I have no idea where David is I don't know what position I'm in on the ground and I, I was like am I upside down like it was just a super weird kind of thing and um, I'm really proud of myself for not giving up and really fighting through those moments um, so that was that was a whole thing in a nutshell a very large one I suppose since I said a lot of things and part of this is like it's like hard to know that I'm being super vulnerable on a on a podcast like every anyone can listen to this right and anyone can say whatever they want and putting yourself out there means that people can say whatever they want about you but like people can only affect you if you let them right so like I'm not affected by other people and their shit it just doesn't affect me um but I'll get to that some other thoughts I have about that in a little bit because what I want to talk about also before I kind of we'll have to wrap up in a little bit here I uh I have class tonight but um I did get the chance to go to the girls and geese event that was hosted at Impact Clackamas so big thanks to Tracy Chapman and Ashley Force for being the teach teachers <laughs> the professors uh at the at the event there was probably a hundred women and girls in that building it was really amazing to see so many women doing jujitsu and Ashley and Tracy showed some fantastic technique and I got to chat with a lot of the girls and geese ambassadors and um they're all fantastic girls and geese is such a great organization that is run pretty much like a bunch of people who are volunteers uh, help run these events and all of the money that goes into these events so if you pay for an event pay for merchandise pay for stickers all this whatever 
do any of those things, all of those donations go directly back to providing scholarships for women for training or registrations, travel, and it also goes to pay female black belt instructors who are teaching these seminars. And that's really, really important because people need to be paid for their work. I am a big, big believer in getting paid for your work. And I am more than happy to support organizations that do that. So you can find Girls and Geese. They have a website. I'm pretty sure it's www.girlsandgeese.com. Um, I could be wrong, though. So you could go head over to their Instagram. It's at Girls in Geese. And they also have the hashtag Girls in Geese. So you can find them pretty much however. And I encourage you, you know, if you're looking for a way to support the jiu-jitsu community in a, like a, with an organization that you feel is like reputable, that's the one. They, they're very organized. I love the way that they did everything and the event went so smooth. I just can't thank them all enough for the work that they did and I was really happy to be able to participate even in my limited capacity because my, my arm's like not working a little bit. So I, I got lucky. I had uh, Sabra was there, Jocelyn was there, and Jen, all from the gym. So I was really excited to have them there. And they had a, a girl jump in with them to, to also do some technique. And then I, like, could not help myself. I had to, like, I, try, I like, walked around and, like, helped a little bit around me, too. Like, I can't help myself. When I see people doing jujitsu and they're trying to figure it out, I just really want to help them. I think that that's why I'm a teacher that's why I want to be a teacher and um, I want them to feel success and I want them to do things. But it's it was really nutty because it was the first time that I had been walking around and then I hear someone being like, uh, excuse me, professor. And I'm like, oh, they're referring to me. <laughs> so I thought that was kind of funny uh, as an experience. And I was very grateful for it because I having a competition the day before is really hard. You know, you, you put yourself out there and say to the world, like, nah, I came here to fuck you up because I said I could, you know, like that kind of mentality. And then you have to walk away with like your tail between your legs a little bit like, oh, well, I guess I'm a, I'm the stray dog today. Stray dog gets the porch. Um, so, but that was okay. So it was really great to, to go and realize, you know, it's not, all just about being the competitor and the winner which is a crazy thing for me to say because I love to win I want to win I want to be a champion but along that journey I also have to realize that I have other strengths and skills and things that I can give to people and helping teach people is one of those so Again, Girls and Geese has great events. Um, they have a Pacific Northwest chapter here. They do tons of different work. Go check them out. Make a donation if you're feeling so inclined and help more women get into jujitsu. So this is going to be the last part of the podcast where I complain about things um, because I feel like it because sometimes you just need to complain. But the first thing I need to fucking complain about while well, I wrote it down, all it says is Portland. I just don't love Portland. I love the people there, but the parking sucks when you have like a jacked truck, um, which is why I live in the country. Also, your fucking traffic cams with photo enforce is bullshit. Like if you want to fucking give me a speeding ticket, come fucking pull me over, bro. 
Like, that shit pisses me off. Like, let me drive freely. Um, maybe it's just the, like, hard-ass American conservative in me in that sense that's just like, no, fuck you. You come give me a fucking ticket. Um, so that pissed me off. So I hate that. But, you know, maybe I should just drive the speed limit. The other thing is that fucking venue. Okay. Like, one, it's a great facility if we could properly use it. But, you know, so we've been going to that venue. Uh, it's the, it's the Middleman Jewish Center, which is great. Like, thank you so much for allowing, you know, someone to use your venue. But like, it seems like over time, not only has it gotten worse, but this time was like worse than all of the other times. So now it's like, there's two bathrooms that you can use for like hundreds of people. So the men's bathroom apparently has like one stall. And then there's a urinal. The women's has two stalls. And there was a line like the entire time. And with that many people, it's it was pretty wild that that's like the setup. And then it's like hardly anyone could walk around. There was no ventilation whatsoever. And the mats, I swear to God, when was the last time those mats were cleaned? Like, I really want to know when was the last time that those mats were clean because I swear I did half my match in, like, snot and blood that I don't think was from that day. And I'm not even joking. Like, I told David, like, I got, after I got off the mats and we got all of our stuff, I was like, we need to go. Like, I need to shower. Like, I can smell the mats on me. It was so fucking gross and I am not the only one who thought this so like it's not just me complaining I'm literally putting this out there because multiple people in multiple schools were saying that like they're never going back for grappling industries at that venue again if they use it because they're blocked like they blocked out the parking lot and all these other things it's like I I get it like I totally get it that like You want to keep your facility for your members and all this whatever. But if you are renting out your facility for hundreds of people to come, but then you decide that they can't park there and like you don't really tell us that we can't park there and then you like have a fucking porta potty outside and that's what you expect. Like the competitors need some fucking respect. Like we come there, we pay to be there and like grappling industries like needs to do some shit about it i think i already saw that like some other people had sent messages to grappling industries but like we are not the only school that thought that it was complete trash and one of the worst venues i have ever been to like it was disgusting like i'm pretty sure it was like you would walk in and it was just like a swamp There was no ventilation. Okay, I'm done complaining about the venue because I already know this trash. Anyway, the other thing I want to talk about that drives me crazy, uh, when I'm getting ready for a competition and I don't fucking know you and I'm clearly warming up and jumping around and doing all this whatever, like, don't try to strike up a conversation with me. And it's not because I'm a jerk. It's because I'm literally trying to get ready to go murder somebody and I need to go through my game plan and get myself ready to go. Like, if you don't really, if you don't know me at all and you trying to strike up a conversation, like, see your fucking way out, dude. Like, 
I don't have time for that shit. I literally just like walked out on this person like trying to talk to me while I was trying to warm up because like I'm trying to get in the zone. Like I would never walk up to somebody who's warming up clearly and start up a conversation with them. It's like, don't do that. They're getting ready for a competition. You can go talk to them later. Like, don't do that. So like PSA to spectators, like don't just randomly walk up to like jujitsu players that are like clearly getting ready, like super irritating because then I seem like a jerk off because then I completely ignore you. So there's that complained about that. Last thing I want to complain about, and I didn't know if I was going to complain about it or not, but I feel like I just really still need to complain about it to get it off of my chest. But like, I hate getting shit talked on fucking Instagram. Okay. I feel like there's been a couple people that I've gone against, like say some shit And it really pisses me off. And I don't know, maybe if it's just because I take everything personally, maybe that's just me. Because sometimes, like, I take things personally. Um, I just thought it was really funny that, like, this chick is just like, oh, I submitted a black belt from Coos Bay via the arm bar to win gold. I guess I can check that off my bucket list and get back to work. I was, like, thinking, what the fuck does that even mean? Like, why was that the thing that's on your bucket list? Like, I'm just a low-life fucking, blue, like, black belt that just, like, randomly got their black belt and has never competed, like, in a way that, like, forced me to be a black belt competitor yet. Like, I don't, I, like, get frustrated. Maybe it's because I feel insecure, you know? Like, when you think about it, you're like, well, what is it about this that makes, makes me so mad? I think it's because I'm insecure. So when I read shit that people say... Like, I get pissed. Like, another girl did it to me, too, that I competed with and said some shit that wasn't even true. And then the thing is, is, like, you only see the five seconds of a clip or whatever, and they're just, like, always show the worst shit. And it's just, like, all right, cool. Like, I get it, but, like, I don't think I have ever talked shit about a competitor that I went against or posted, like, a video and was, like, yeah, fuck you. You look like shit. Like, Dude, like, I just think it's so disrespectful and so weird. Like, I don't want to do those things. And then I think it's weird when people, like, make comments and, like, then they don't know you and, like, say things. And, like, it fucking drives me crazy. Like, (laughs) I like this comment. That's one way to lose your arm. Like, yeah, I almost did. I was fucking tapping. Like, fuck you guys. I also like this one. I see you folded her ass up. Like, yeah, you did in the last part of it. You did totally do those things. Like, who are you people? But like, I don't know. Maybe I'm just a really insecure person. I haven't decided yet. Um, but the thing is, like, if you put yourself out there, like, you you run that risk. You run the risk that somebody's going to say something about you. And maybe that's just something that I need to get used to. And like, maybe that's that's something that, I shouldn't, you know, I, well, I think about it and I'm like, why am I even checking? Like, why do I even look? Why do I even look at, at what people say? Why do I even go check? I don't know what that is. It's almost like I shouldn't even be allowed to have the Instagram sometimes because like I already, as I'm saying this, like I want to go back and cut what I said so that no one ever hears me complain about what I just complained about. But I think we all think those things though. I think we we all, like, go and be like, oh, this person said this thing on the internet about me. It's like, yeah, well, that's their job, I guess. 
Like, if I think about it, what is that girl's job? That girl's job is to be a professional MMA fighter. So, yeah, she probably should go out and fucking try to take my arm off. And, yeah, she should have it on her list of things to, like, do. But, like, part of me, like, wanted wanted to be, like, girl, if that's the thing that's on your bucket list, like, you need to upgrade that fucking bucket list because I'm just some rando chick from Coos Bay that, like, hasn't done anything special yet. So... Like, cool, mark that off your fucking list, I guess, but it's not that big of an accomplishment. And maybe I'm just saying that because I'm insecure and pissed off because, like, somebody else won, but I don't know. I'm just sharing it because, like, I think we all feel that way, and I feel petty about it, and I think all of us kind of go through it, but I don't know who's going to admit it, so I'll just admit it. I'll just do it. It's not because, like, I'm some bigger person. It's just because, literally, it's just hard. It's hard to see things on the internet and know that, like, people can talk shit about you or that you can look like shit. I like the time, I think I got choked or something like that on IBJJF. They posted it and I was like, oh, cool. Finally made the Instagram. All the other ones are usually, like, my butt. (laughs) So your options are you can see me get my ass kicked or just, like, my butt. And it's never in a good look either. You know what I mean? So it is what it is, but I'm going to start to, to wind this down. I can hear my puppies barking. It's like time for me to get ready to go to class. I'm going to go teach tonight. I'm very grateful for everything that I have. I'm super grateful for this podcast. I'm super grateful that, um, a a girl, uh, Nat came up to me. She was like, I recognize you from the podcast. You do it, right? And I was just like, oh my gosh, this is the first time someone recognized me because of the podcast. That's crazy. Um, so that was pretty cool. And that was a big highlight. And, you know, really the the only opinions that matter are like those that come from the people that you care about, right? So all the people that I care about all had great things to say about my improvements in jujitsu. And that's, that's really all we're after, right? Is we're after improvement. So like, yeah, cool. I got submitted, whatever. I got fucking freight trained. I put it up on the internet. Like you can go see it. I've totally got my ass kicked, but I'm not as upset about it as normal. I think it's just because I know that there's a plan now. I have a plan finally of like, what am I going to do to move forward in it? And I made weight and I haven't been sitting at the weight I'm supposed to for a while. So being back at like the weight where I'm supposed to be, I feel much better. My cardio felt much better. It's been four months, almost five months since I had had COVID and I'm still recovering, but like at least I don't have to use my inhaler anymore. So I really like that. Um, and, and I got a lot of good good things from people to say the one thing I will say too I just remembered uh, my friend Kylie uh, she was listening to the podcast and she was listening to the the episode I actually had with Max apparently like the voices were not uh, super well um, balanced in the speaker so I apologize if that was super funky <laughs> I guess it was like Max's parents were kind of quiet and then suddenly you'd hear me like basically foghorn leghorn like in your ear because I <laughs> didn't have them balanced out so I'll, I'll watch out for that in the future I really appreciated that feedback to know because I do listen back to my podcasts that I've published so far because I recorded them all off of a recording um thing on my phone. I didn't actually use any sort of technology for this before. 
Uh, so I kind of, I have that now where I can like flag things and like do whatever. And like, I can publish right after conversation, but I didn't have that before. So now I do. Holy cow. My doggies are angry. They're also ready to go to jujitsu apparently. So, um, just a big thank you to everybody that's, that's been there, said some really awesome things and just been really helpful and all the hugs from everyone I saw. I'm just really, really proud to continue to do jujitsu, even when it's hard, even when I hate it, even when it sucks. I think I even said something to the effect when I was done, I was like telling David, I don't even know what the fuck I'm doing this for anymore. You know, some days I like, I have that like right after competing, I'm just like, what the fuck am I here for? Like I, I keep trying over and over and over again and it's it's still really, really hard. And like I don't know what is in what is I just don't know what it is about me that can't quit. I just like I don't have quit in me. And <laughs> these dogs. It's like partially a virtue, partially a detriment. It's kinda like the whole thing with patience. I have no patience. Um something that I work on every single day but I'm just going to try to be patient I'm going to do my best I'm not going to quit I'm going to go see baby Jay she's seven months old so we're going to do seventh month old jujitsu we're going to work on her guard retention um and maybe some of her stand-up because she's starting to like stand up fully so I'm like super into that and maybe I'll read her a book because you also have to have things where you look forward to them because jujitsu competition is hard all right I'm going to leave you all with that. Uh, Hopefully I'll get through the production of my next podcast this uh, next week. So you'll have another interview and more to come. We have more competitions next weekend. And I have a super fight coming up. Holy crap. Super fight with Michelle Kylo, June 18th. PNW Invitational in Brookings. It is going to be streamed on YouTube. I will share the info on the Instagram at Jiu-Jitsu is Hard. Go ahead, check our podcast out on our, it's just me, uh, <laughs> me and the dogs. Check our podcast out on um, Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcast. Set it to download. If you love the pod, give me a review. Please say good things about me. Um, if you don't, I'll, I'll come beat you up. Okay? All right, my friends. Thank you so much for listening to me. I appreciate everyone. Um, I'm doing the Midwestern goodbye. So, okay, actually, bye now. Bye. I am recording. I am recording. And there are two puppies right here. Hello, little puppy. Anything to say, Oscar?